Hi guys, welcome to my brand new podcast, Games to Play. Today we're going to be talking talking about TV shows, games, and maybe dive into a little curiosity that I have about coronavirus. Um, or maybe not. Who knows? This isn't really a politics channel. I just had a question. Anyway, let's get on with the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast officially. I'm Colin Campbell, and today we're going to be talking about video games, TV shows, and movies. So, today's game of the day, as I call it, we're going to be talking about Bioshock. Now, let's get on with the plot first, and then talk about why I like it so much. So, the plot of Bioshock is mainly having to do with a guy named Jack. Jack is this regular Joe Smo who is the lucky survivor of a plane wreck. He crashed into the middle of the ocean where he found a light where he found a lighthouse and swam straight to it. For some reason, the lighthouse turned out to be a submar- turned out to house a submarine in it which dove him straight down into the depths of the ocean, where he found Rapture, which is the main game. This is the main map of the game. Rapture is this dystopian city that is like Atlantis. It sleeps under the water. It used to be a utopia until some bad guys decided to... I don't know, try to take it over. So, when you come into the game, you're met by a guy named Atlas. Atlas is your friend. He, he literally guides you throughout the whole game, telling you, listen, we have a problem here, go to this area here, and we'll be able to be okay. Now, he has a bit of an Irish accent, a little Scottish-Irish. Um, He talks like this a little. just fact. And he's telling you that you have to kill a guy named Andrew Ryan, who you later find out, spoilers, you later find out to be your father. Now, when you find out that he's your father, you realize you've been actually put under a spell. Well, you've actually been genetically modified. So Atlas, whenever he says, would you kindly, you have to do it. So he says, would you kindly get me a pizza bagel? You go get him a pizza bagel. Um, and it turns out that you were six. You were a little child when he put you in the plane. You actually blew up the plane. You were the one who hijacked the plane, crashed it into the ocean, and then grew up in rapture. Apparently, you had a growth serum, so that way you started out, you started out as basically a baby on the plane, became six, hijacked the plane, and then in then you grew up to be a twenty-one year old on the plane, uh, in Rapture. You, you, it was rapid growth, and so you were basically killing people as a kid in the game. Yes, the game is killing. 
It's a horror style game. But it isn't full horror. Um, now, you can get it during, with the Bioshock collection. Or you can buy the original game for the Xbox 360, PlayStation 2, I think it's actually 3, PlayStation 3, and um, that's it. It's not on any Nintendo products, for those who are wondering. Mainly on the PlayStation and Xbox. Um, you can also get it on PC. Um, but then again, you can also get the Bioshock collection on the PC, and the Bioshock collection makes it more colorful, in my opinion. Um, it makes it more vibrant and beautiful. Um, but the thing it takes away is that is because it's more brightened, it takes away the horror aspect of the game that the original game brings. With the original game, because everything's a little bit low-poly, um, it brings more of a horror aspect to it because the brightness is so died down. Um, but I was thrown off topic. Um, so after you figure out that you've actually been controlled by Atlas, to say which you kindly, you figure out how to break free of the spell with a lady named Tenenbaum. You meet her late earlier in the game, with that comes with one of the gameplay aspects. Um, yeah, but when you meet her, uh, but when she helps you break free of your hypnosis, you go on to kill Atlas, because that's all you've been doing through the whole, the whole game. You've been his puppet to kill people. You've been his ace card. So you go down there, and you realize that Atlas doesn't become human anymore. He has genetically modified himself with the main thing of the game, the, with superpowers. He genetically modified himself with what's called Adam. It's Adam splices your DNA, so you have extraordinary powers like Incinerate, which allows you to snap your fingers and a flurry of fire comes out, just a fireball. Or with, um, or... Winter Blast, which freezes people, and then you can proceed to beat him with your gun, or something. Beat him with your gun, or with a pipe wrench, which is the main melee weapon. And, or Electrobolt, the most famous, which electrocutes people. And if you aim it at water, it electrocutes a whole area. But be careful with that, because if you're stepping in the water, you also get damaged. So he splices DNA with all these ingredients to make himself the villain, to make himself this ginormous um, monster. And then you proceed to fight the, him as the final boss, which it's really fun to do as he brings out henchmen, brings out security drones, which you can hack. And once you hack the security drones, you have more allies that support you. And that's what, I guess, really brings the game together, is the fact that, you that you're in this dystopia, and you learn how to survive, even as a kid. Now, you're probably wondering, the story looks great and all, but what about the gameplay really interests you? 
two words, little sister, <laughs> and the game is mature for my age, or my brother's age, it's actually his favorite game, and so, we, so, you basically get weapons, it's like Fallout, you stockpile on weapons, weapons that you get to keep, well, in Fallout, you have limited, um, storage space, but in Bioshock, you have unlimited storage, you become the ultimate pack rat, so, you gather up all these materials, drag them around with you, and you gun, gun people down all the time. Boom, bullet in his head, boom, bullet in his head, boom, bullet in his head, head. And you are trying to survive and do what Atlas says so you can escape, so you can be free. And why that relates to Little Sisters is because... Eventually, at one point, while you're trying to escape, you see this little girl. She's being attacked by this by this enemy called Splicer. And he's pulling her, saying, come on, let's go. Come with me into my white van. But it's not really a white van. They're underwater. There's no cars. Um, but yeah, he's basically kidnapping her. And so then this giant robot submarine guy comes in. And takes him out. And the reason that is so cool to see. Is because you realize. That this guy's name is a big daddy. Weird name. But the point is. Is that he's a guardian. Of the little sister. So you get a mini boss fight. Every time you want to get a little sister. And the little sisters. Give you Adam. Which helps you buy more plasmids, which are the superpowers, and then these superpowers can get recharged, these superpowers can get recharged by Eve, Adam and Eve, you, you get the reference, oh, my Christians out there, and so, once you get the, so, you can choose to kill the little sisters or save them, and this is what leads into the big part of the game. The big part of the game is that you're there to save yourself. Self. But you also get to meet people along the way. And thou and those people change your perspective on the place that you're in. This dystopia. You understand why. So many people chose to go to this Atlantis of a city. You listen to people who are scared of what they're going to become. You listen to people who are bargaining with other people to because they know what's going to happen. They try to protect themselves from becoming splicers. They try to protect themselves from getting killed. They try to protect themselves from Atlas, Ryan, and this giant civil war that brought the city to his dystopia. And you're just thrown in the middle of it and end it all. The little sisters, by saving them, you take all these little children, you take all these children up to the surface with you, and you become the ultimate father. 
You raised every little girl that was in that city. And trust me, that's a little, a lot of little children. Problem is, is that you don't save them all. Because in the second game, the sequel, they're still, they're still there. Um, but you feel so successful with the good ending. With the bad ending, you basically take over the U USA Navy, and you basically nuke everyone to death. And then you become the ruler of the seas and the o overworld. Or, you know, the continents. Which they call... Which... They constantly use references, not real references, but they constantly refer to the people above as parasites. And they constantly have, uh, man chooses a slave obeys. It gets deep, the lore and the gameplay. The gameplay itself is really fluid, and you understand how to control it really Quickly and easily. Um, they have a really good tutorial. Where the tutorial is Atlas saying. Hey. I'm going to get you out of here. And bot and into a city. So you can kill people for me. Now would you kindly take. Get out of the escape pod. And get the heck out of there. It's basically what he's saying. He's telling you. Listen you can't bust through. This wall. You have to crouch underneath it. And, you know, it tells you in a little brief, just press B to get under. And all that stuff, it feels like you're actually part of the story. Because the tutorial spreads out throughout the whole campaign. Sad thing about it is that the campaign is basically it. it unless you buy the Bioshock collection, where you get introduced to... Little t trials. You get little trials to do. Like, um, they don't add to the story, basically. There are little trials, like, kill these guys. It's like Call of Duty Zombies. Kill as many zombies, continue through the rounds. That's basically Bioshock 1. And that is our game of the day. I hope you enjoyed. You our games of the day. Let's move on to the next segment. So the show we're going to be talking about today is Pokemon in general. My question is, what happened with the anime? Now, I haven't fully caught up to the show, but I do remember the beginning. Um, uh, black and white. X and Y, and Sun and Moon. I wasn't fully versed in Hoenn because I wasn't born yet. Born during those times. I was born during Black and White. That's when I was old enough to know about Pokemon. I did play the Johto games. Uh, those were my favorite game. Uh, my first games. Um, but yeah. What was up with Pokemon Sun and Moon? Or the Alolan a lowland part of the series. And that's what I'm wondering because after having 
what I thought was a pretty freaking good ending to Pokemon X and Y, X, Y, and Z. Um, it just made, one, made me wonder, how could we have that step down? I get it was to, you know, reunite with kids a little more, but it didn't make sense for what we just ended with on X and, in X and Y. Now, there isn't much to say about the Pokemon show. Show, It's better off with the game. I think, personally, I think the game should, the game should be the leading franchise. Because of how great they sell. Let's be honest. Pokemon, the Pokemon games on the DS sold freaking fantastic for what they were at the time and still are. Pokemon Sword and Shield, pretty huge successes. I have them. I have Pokemon Sword. Freaking fantastic game. It was very filling to play the game. Fulfilling. Very fulfilling. I felt like I was really in there with the characters. Um, and they are, like, Nintendo's hitting it with the games, but I don't know what's up with the show. It's been running for a pretty damn long time, if you think about it. Mario show didn't, the Mario TV show, I don't see it to this day. I don't see many people talking about it. It kind of got forgotten. Same with the uh, Zelda show. See, you guys didn't even know what I'm talking about. And I'm just throwing things out there. Um, but, like, video game shows haven't been as successful as Pokemon was. The Mon game shot during, like, early 2000s. And Pokemon has, is still today the number one show with... Tiny made-up creatures. And that's what makes it so insane. In as po- That's what makes Pokemon so insane to me. But with Pokemon Sun and Moon just passing now, just finished, not now, I think it finished like a year ago, but still, it's crazy that to think that Pokemon, that the Pokemon kind of died down for me, probably because I'm older now, but, like, the show kind of got more predictable and more silly to me. I could just be rambling here, I, I really don't know, but the Pokemon, uh, like, Universe, um, black and white, people don't really like the show, but I thought it was good when it was running during that time, uh, the Gen 5, um, episodes, I thought those were really good seasons, but people are gonna say, you must be crazy, Colin, well, that's what I'm saying now. I gotta be crazy to like to like Pokemon to expect that from Pokemon, especially after 
Gen 5 was so, um, had so little Pokemon, and, uh, sorry, since Gen 6 had so little Pokemon, and Gen 7, kind of a little the same thing, sorry, uh, my brother shot a Nerf gun, um, but Gen 6 is kind of the same thing, it's, it didn't have the same, didn't have this, like, so much, it didn't, like, Gen 7 didn't have as many Pokemon as we think. Compared to, like, other seasons, like, Johto was an extension of po- of Kanto, so that was a little expected for them to add. But Hoenn had a crap ton of Pokemon. Heck, <laughs> and the Hoenn games were my favorite, like Omega Ruby. Like, Omega Ruby, because, you know, I'm a Gen Z, uh, late Gen Z, 2006, um, but, like, the the Hoenn remakes, my favorite games to play. I still play Omega Ruby to this day. Like, don't get me wrong, I still play it to this day. I am close to completing the Pokedex. The reason I haven't completed the Pokedex is for several reasons, but... Let's not get into that today. <laughs> um, like, I've almost completed the Pokedex 100% of the way. I'm just missing some of the Kalos Pokemon. And with the Col- with Kalos, like, um, Gen 6, I didn't get that attached to it. There was there was a lot of po- Kano Pokemon. It didn't feel like France <laughs> until you hit... Um, the other light till you hit um what's that city called with Clement. He's in that city. Um he was a gym lead for that city. But like it didn't feel like France till there, but that's because, you know, never been to France. Um it did feel very um what's the word? It felt very generic. The games felt a little generic. You know, they had their feature. It was still really fun. I loved getting the Kalos Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. I loved those games. Um, but the game felt a little generic compared to Omega Ruby. Boom. You had Primal you had Primal Groudon and Primal Kyogre. Freaking amazing. Then Rayquaza Mega Evolved without a stone. Stone. At, without a Mega Stone, not to mention freaking Mega Evolution, and and having two teams fight with each other, freaking cool. But with the Kalos games, you got Mega Evolution. You got a guy who's threatening to destroy the world with a cannon. And when you put it that way, it kind of gets boring. Let's Go Eevee did a little bit of a better job with Mega Evolution, in my opinion. With the fact that you just have to own the Mega Evolution Stone to be able to Mega Evolve that Pokemon. So I can have a full team of Beedrills, and every one of them, because I Beedrill, I can Mega Evolve. Just because I own it. And I think that's pretty insane. I think that's pretty cool. 
Um, Gigantamaxing or Dynamaxing needs a little work on. Um, I think it's pretty cool, but like, but the moves, but the change of moves make it really good. But there aren't many moves. I can't believe I just ran straight into the Pokemon games instead of talking about the show. Um, I guess that's what this is now. Talking about the Pokemon games. And their features like Dynamaxing. Um, Xenos, I thought were cool, but like, but like, that's it. <laughs> that That's pretty much it. Like, Z-Moves aren't that great. Especially for games so hyped up for me. I literally bought, I was literally ready to pre-order that thing. If it weren't for my, for the fact that I don't have money, I was ready to go, Mom, get me your credit card now. I'm pre-ordering this dang thing. Everything looks so great. It's amazing. I will be able to fly around with my new ride Pokemon. Look at the boy shoe pot. He's freaking insane. Linton, Rowlet, Popular. Which one do I choose? I chose Linton. And then in Moon, I chose Rowlet. I did not choose Populeo because of the limit. Because of her fun. Because of its final evolution. I'm not sexist. I'm just... A seven-year-old kid. Wait. I was like a seven-year-old kid. And I was like, I need to look like a man. I gotta get Linton. He's a macho libre. He's a luchador. I gotta punch people with my luchador belt. And then... You know, still being seven, just to be like, I can still be a man. I chose Luchador that last time. I gotta choose the Archer guy. Be like, kablooey, and stuff. And now my favorite's Rowlet. <laughs> Out of the Alone Stars, Rowlet's my favorite. I don't know why. I just like, um, I like his final evolution best. Decidueye. I really like Decidueye. I find this situation pretty freaking sweet. Mainly because I'm an emo kid, and he's an emo kid, and so, you know, we always have our hoods up. I use my strings for, I use my strings for arrows, he uses his strings for bows. We're basically the same. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that last part. Don't use those strings as bows, because... You know, they'll break. And also, that's not what they're used for. And you'll tighten the hood. But that's about it. I like the Pokemon games. Um, I actually recently restarted playing uh, Soul Silver on my DS because that game was lit. I haven't finished it yet. I'll give you an update on the next episode. Maybe tomorrow's or next time, next episode's game of the day will be that. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the next segment. I guess the movie segment. Time for the final segment of the day, and it's about movies. 
I haven't been watching a lot of movies lately, to be honest. Um, a movie I have seen lately was Frozen 2. And Disney straight away. I like Disney Plus. Um, I find it great, especially during Corona season. Makes me not think about death and dismemberment. Um, speaking of Corona, I have a question real quick for all the people working at um, still open uh, areas like grocery stores. What do you think about serving people that potentially have Corona? Are you scared? Are you worried? It's just a question. <laughs> Especially coming from a little kid. <laughs> Weird question. Just wanted it answered. Um, especially because of the giant threat. I know I'm a little worried about Corona because my mother still works. Um, she's a nurse, which means she goes out, out of our house to other people's houses. And it's like, hello, sir, you're dying. I'm here to help you. Do you have Corona? You do? Great. Now I have Corona. And that's the main worry I have with Corona. Um, let's get back on topic. Frozen 2. People say Frozen 2 was better than Frozen. What the heck you talking about? I'm sorry, but... I don't like either. I have been trampled over Frozen constantly, over and over and over again, over people being like, that's the only Disney movie I like. So what's the point in getting Disney Plus if Frozen's the only movie I'm going to watch? And I'm like, Disney's freaking awesome. Watch other movies. Frozen shouldn't be the only one you watch. But <laughs> but they continue to watch Frozen. Frozen 2, I thought it was good. It was good. Frozen One was good too. They were they're both classics. I would I will watch them. I would watch them again, definitely. If I'm bored, maybe during Christmas time. But they're not legendary status movies. Frozen One deserved its time. It felt like it should be a movie. Frozen Two felt more like a short. Don't ask me why I say that. Frozen 2 was very different in the fact that Elsa moves out, Anna becomes queen. That was weird. Spoilers. Forgot to say them. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but it felt weird because... At the beginning of the movie, spoilers again, everyone felt like they were in their place. Anna and Kristoff hitting it off. Sven, being Sven. <laughs> you know, just chilling, hanging out with Olaf. Olaf being comedic. So what happened to his little flurry? Did he, like, get infused inside him or something? Did they put a cooler in him? Is he just a living cooler now? Dude. Oh my gosh, I have several questions. Because the flurry's gone, 
can you just store beers in his mouth? Like, so, can you store sodas and beers in his mouth? And be like, Olaf, I need a beer. And then he, like, poops them out, and then you have your cold beer. He's a snowman. It makes sense that he could be a cooler. If you... I'm in Canada, so... And I saw that episode of Anthony Bourdain where they went to Quebec. When they poured the maple syrup on him, and it froze into, like, the toffee, could you do that with Olaf? Could you just, like, clean him? Pour maple syrup on him, and then eat it like a lollipop. Someone get me Walt Disney. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone felt in place during the beginning of the movie. And then, you know, the river started talking to Elsa, and it was like, Well, shit going down. Crap's going down. And that's when you realize that this movie is going to be weird. They also debunk a lot of things that was confirmed. Like, Honor and Elsa still think that their dad's dead. And it was confirmed by Disney that Tarzan is the... Long lost brother of Honor and Elsa. Whatever happened to him? I mean, I don't know what happened. I haven't watched the movie in a long time, so I forget the ending. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. And,. During the climax of the movie, that's when it feels the most like a short. Because there isn't much of a musical part in Frozen 2. The only good song is the Aurora song. Or Aurora. I, I saw it on YouTube and it's called Aurora. Um, and it's sung by Elsa. That was basically the only song in the whole movie. You can tell me a song from Frozen 2 and I'd be like, that's Hercules, right? That's how distant the songs were in Frozen 2. They were so distant, I didn't even know that they were there. The orchestra, though, was freaking fantastic in the movie. The orchestra did great, but, like, the actual musical part of the, of the show, or the movie, sorry, of the movie felt very off. I didn't understand the plot some of the time, and it just made me feel weird especially because it was also confirmed that King Agnar and Aduna were going to Tangled's wedding or Rapunzel's wedding so I'm confused but you know not much you can do about it 
especially for the half an hour runtime we've now hit. Um, that's basically all I can say about the movie. It feels, it feels incomplete for what it was, and that's not saying I hate it. I would watch it again, but with family. Um. Actually, Olaf's adventure felt more fulfilling. And. <laughs> and that was a short. <laughs> so. Maybe Frozen should just stick to shorts, or they're gonna make a trilogy. Frozen came out in 2013, and. So we have to wait seven more years for the third movie to come out. I hope you guys are excited for that. <laughs> um, that's all I can say about Frozen 2. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. I will talk to you all in the next podcast. Tell me how I did um, on Anchor. That is the platform I'm using. So go ahead and send me messages on Anchor saying, Yo, you sucked, or that was good. All feedback is great. Thank you for tuning in to Games to Play, where we cover all sorts of media.